Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. And today we're speaking with Scott Cohen. Hey, Scott, how are you? Hey, Bant, good and you? I'm well. I'm excited to talk about a, a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. Actually, I worked on a PhD in this, this area, so oh, really? I'm Excellent. very excited to get into it. Scott is the chief executive officer of Jackson. Uh, Jackson is an AI training platform that autonomously labels raw data for custom domain-specific deep learning models supported by techniques such as weak supervision, transfer learning, and unsupervised data augmentation. For those in the machine learning space, we probably can untangle that, but I'm sure we'll go into more detail about that in a minute. But before we get there, Scott, why don't we hear a little bit about your career and how you've gotten to Jackson? Sure. All right. So I'll go back to the beginning. Um, I was at the tail end of my studies and I had a, an aha moment where this is now 20 plus years ago and this was novel, where I wanted to marry together digital cameras, which were relatively new on the scene with wireless technology. So data networks in general were at their infancy um, and nothing existed yet. There were, there were no such things as camera phones. And none of the cameras on the market allowed you to export the data and have it sent up through any type of wireless communication link. So I decided to create it. And I worked on it for a couple of years, created a prototype, found myself at MIT finishing up a graduate degree. And by happenstance was above the police department and decided to walk in there one day and said, hey, how do you guys get images back from the field or out to the field uh, in a you know, wanted or, or missing situation? And they handed me the sheet of paper that they had um, a copy of a fax of a picture that they handed out at roll call. And so this is now 2002, and I knew there was a better way. This was also right after the dot bomb where consumers weren't the right target, or at least that was not in vogue anymore. So I, I uh, focused on law enforcement for a number of years, came out with one of the first in the industry to be able to send images to and from the field. It morphed into all data to and from the field, and then interoperability of data across jurisdictions. This is um, uh, an initiative that we worked with Raytheon on, on in uh, so far as Homeland Security is concerned, the Urban Area Security Initiative, mm -hmm. where they wanted to tie together cities with the neighboring towns so that there could be more collaboration during uh, emergency events or for detective work or for command and control in general. So I did that for a while in the you know, again, in the, the guise of interoperability of data. So getting one systems records, ma records management system to munge with the neighboring towns, the dispatch systems to be able to coordinate. 
And that was really our first, I, I say our, because I've been doing with this with a, a team. This is our fourth company together. Uh, and I'm talking about Jackson now. Mm -hmm. uh, this was our first taste of machine learning. It was oh, toward cool. the tail end of that. Um, so the first you know, eight years of my career were mostly focused on mobility and then this interoperability and then the machine learning came into play about a little over a decade ago. That's very cool. I, I love the space that you're in. And um, I, it's funny, you know, the collection of images is fraught with tons of issues, uh, tons of uh, political battles on those topics, but very much becoming more and more part of our, our lives for sure. And I'm curious to hear more about how things have evolved and, and really what you guys are up to right now at Jackson. What are you excited about and working on at the moment? Sure. So we, as I was just saying, we, we got into the machine learning space, spent a good chunk of time on it and have recognized a lot of the gaps in the available open source technologies and off the shelf solutions. And so far as creating training data and your description, I was kind of chuckling to myself is very technical. Uh, let me take it up a level that that's our, you know, data science speak description. Um, in general, AI today is not really, you know, the AI that you see in movies. It's not something that's able to learn on its own. It trains on data. It trains on data that's been curated by humans or what's called labeled data. Mm -hmm. So the data has gone through some type of process where it is representative of a certain category. And then the machine learning models are able to recognize, oh, that means this, or that means that when it sees it in the wild or in a production setting. Um, so we have created a system that automates as much of this process as possible, mm -hmm. as opposed to having teams of humans take months to label data. Now it can be done in, in a fraction of that time. That's great. I know that um, really kind of teaching models is, is certainly where we are. And the hope is obviously always to make that process as, as easy as possible. Um, I mean, put that work that you guys are doing at Jackson in context for me on what you're seeing in the broader marketplace today and, and the exciting impact that some of this stuff might have. Yeah, uh, well, you actually just said it perfectly. It's, it's all about training the models, not creating new models altogether. That was the big divide up until the past few years, but now thanks to large companies and academia, there's plenty of neural networks that you can just grab and, and they're pretty good. And so the real rub is to get the right data specific to a problem that needs to be solved so that you can train these models appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting. I, I remember uh, reading a ton of articles about the databases from Stanford and Duke that were used to train a lot of systems on, you know, with image recognition. And uh, that led to probably, you know, a, a cause and effect that no one really predicted, which was, well, you have a bunch of kind of relatively wealthy white people going to coffee shops that are getting filmed and they, they become the core of the database, right? Right. And right. then it, it creates DE&I 
diversity issues. Um, and that, yeah. that I think is always the tricky thing with the training because the training really requires a, a much broader philosophy. Yeah, that's right. And, and you're, you're touching on you know, a very hot topic around bias and the training data is what's used and that can create this bias. Um, so it's it's really all about balancing the the data and have it representative of, of the real world. There are also a number of, of new tricks and techniques that have come out that can automate the process. You know, there's no human supervision needed, but can create synthetic data. And that's another big craze in the industry today is around instead of waiting for humans to label data, instead of labeling real data, why don't we create synthetic data? Uh, so I, I'm really curious about how you're going to answer this next question, because, right. uh, you know, uh, being someone who played around with all, a lot of this data and we actually use, uh, you know, we do a lot of work with OpenAI and uh, GPT-3. What are the biggest challenges that you're facing in the industry today? My biggest challenge actually is information security. Because the way we've designed Jackson, unlike GPT-3, where it's in the cloud, and if you're going to bring data to it, it's going to be non-sensitive data. Mm -hmm. Our customers have sensitive data, and they don't want to let it leave their you know, firewalls. And they don't want third-party third -party software systems getting into their environment and touching their data without all the approvals and controls. Yeah. And sometimes it requires sanitation of the data where you're, you know, obscuring certain entities within the, the data sets. That honestly is the biggest challenge to productivity is that there's so many controls that it takes too long to get the approvals to get something like an AI model into production. I'm not just talking about Jackson, I'm talking about what data scientists struggle with. Um, Beyond that, certainly uh, data science in general, mm -hmm. um, I'm seeing as a very isolated group within a company. So I've watched this emerge over the past five plus years <laughs> where companies recognize that AI is a thing and they need to do it. So they put together a data science team and then the data science teams uh, prove themselves. Yeah. And so all the business units are now dumping requests on them but it's a one-way communication. Build me a model that does this or, or that. And so I'm, I'm hot on this notion of collaboration across yeah. business units and the data scientists. That are no, I, I think that's such a great point that you're raising. I, one of the things, when I did my research, I was focused on the advertising industry and how machine learning was starting to be applied from a marketing perspective. And uh, one of the things that clearly was the case you know, two years ago, three years ago, was that there was not much thought of how this technology should change the structure of an organization. And what I mean by that is, what do you do in a world where a lot of the basic tasks of sorting images, editing images suddenly are gone? And those would have been kind of almost like training exercises for junior people, right? How do you start to evolve your organizational structure. And, and what you talk about in, in that kind of isolation, it, it's related to that. It's, it's related to companies knowing that they need to play around with this space. They know that, that it's the future, but they're struggling to figure out how to 
weave it into a new business model. Right. Um, yeah. And it's a yeah. really interesting challenge. I joke that the executives have a PowerPoint education on AI. Yes. So they, they know just enough to be dangerous, but they don't understand what it really takes to bring it into, you know, every corner of an organization. It, yeah. it can't just rely on a central data science team. Well, uh, let's shift gears a little bit then and talk about maybe what this technology means to and for leadership. You know, what do you think is really the most important part of being a leader today in a world where we have machine learning changing everything? Yeah, so the, the pesky humans aren't going away, right? So we want to empower them. Uh, I think people call it a machine human collaboration or, or um, model assisted humans, mm -hmm. machine assisted humans. And so how can you bring this into, again, as I just mentioned, every corner it is to, first of all, train everyone, uh, get them educated on, on how to bring machine learning into their workflow. I think that's really the key is let the machines do the mundane automated tasks and keep the humans in place to look over the shoulders of the machine and make sure it's going in the right direction. It's not biased. It's not going off course. It's not making mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. It's trying to find that nice balance today because there's certainly, certainly tremendous ways that all tasks can benefit from applying this. I was curious about your answer with uh, the difficulties because and it, it may not be a difficulty that you guys face, but I often struggle even today, or actually not even today, today with the fact that a lot of the data that's even in large databases is flawed in some form or fashion or incomplete in some form or fashion. And so the promise of the technology and the trained model is there, but the, the actualization of it is wanting because the apples and fruit that went in to feed the system up front perhaps weren't, as, it weren't structured in the way they need to be. Yeah. Yeah, I just actually had a discussion like this with a customer because your, your normal thought is let's clean up all this data, let's get it organized so that we yeah. can process it properly. But I think the industry is shifting toward the notion of just leave it alone because messy is reality. Don't go through all that work trying to come up with a taxonomy that works across an organization, which is a never ending quest. Don't do all the ETL that you need to do, the ETL being extract, transform and load, the yeah. integration to the data. Don't do all that work if you can just leave it be and let the machine learning models understand those nuances be trained on that, you know, that messy data and recognize, um, you know, if we're talking about natural language, which yeah. I know you're talking more about structured data, but if we're talking about natural language, people make spelling mistakes, that's normal. People make grammatical errors, that's normal. So it can't be perfect for um, the machine learning models to be really productive as, as assistance to us. I love that. And uh, I, I love the idea of building models that actually can support uh, really kind of the way that we are and make us make us better without making us have to redo everything to prepare right. for it. <laughs> it's been great talking to you. We've been speaking with Scott Cohen. Scott is the chief executive officer of Jackson Inc. If someone wanted to reach you, Scott, where should they find you? Jackson at Jackson.ai. 
Excellent. Jackson at jackson.ai. Before we go, you know, just one more time, Jackson is an AI training platform that autonomously labels raw data for custom domain-specific deep learning models supported by techniques such as weak supervision, transfer learning, and unsupervised data augmentation. Clearly what Scott and his team are working on is right at the critical parts of machine learning and how it's being applied for business as well as society at large. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Scott. We look forward to having you back. Thank you, man. It was a pleasure. Cheers. Take care. Bye.